Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we're having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Crystal Chang. Hey there. Tom Shevshunis. Hey, everybody. And Josh Lamb. Hola. And we are super excited to have Josh here with us today. It's his first time on the podcast, and I would love it, Josh, if you just took a few minutes to tell us a little bit about your role and what you do. Yeah, uh, I work for Orange, and um, I help out with our live events in crafting them from basically the idea to execution. Uh, And then I help carry my boss's bags when he travels. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the live events you've had a, a, a hand in? Uh, I get to help out with the creative team of Orange Conference. Okay. So we plan out all the sessions. That and sounds fun. It, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we, do some, it is. we played giant cornhole last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some of our, uh, I guess, more intimate events that are a little bit smaller. We host a couple at our offices uh, in Georgia. And, uh, oh, and I was also a part of the team that helped start high school camp. Which is why he's with us today. Right. And you are currently the director of high school camp. Yes, so that is that. also true. <laughs> well, that's why he's here, because the question we are asking today is, is student camp worth it? And we're talking about weekend camps and denows and summer camps, because every student leader or youth leader knows how much work goes into making these happen. And I think everyone has asked at some point or another, is it worth it to keep doing it? So before we get into this discussion, I thought it'd be fun if we all answered the question of what was our best camp experience? What was the most memorable thing that happened to us at camp or as a leader? I wouldn't say this is my best camp experience, but the one that sticks out the most in my mind is I was at a student camp where the interns were firing frozen t-shirts from stage yes, naturally. into the crowd. Of course they were. And they clipped one of the one of the sprinklers in the <laughs> ceiling. And out of it, apparently the sprinklers hadn't come on in like the last, yeah. I don't know, decade or so. So black sludge oh, began to no. pour out directly onto one student in the crowd. <laughs> Nobody else, just one student wow. who sat there in stunned silence oh, as everyone took a pictures. a health hazard for yep. sure. Just, no stayed good. There. just stayed there. Just stayed there. Even the band on stage had their phones out taking pictures. That's amazing. That is amazing. I've had some pretty pretty good ones from having to put out fires on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, like actual literal fires? A- actual literal, okay. literal that, fires. Okay. <laughs> To uh, replacing a kick pedal on a kick drum while okay. the drummer used the low tom as the kick drum oh, during the worship set. <laughs> oh! Uh, but the one that tops it all was uh, when I was in high school. Our youth pastor decided that to embrace the true meaning of the theme, which was Go Big Weekend, he was going to have someone bring in their dirt bike for him uh-huh. to drive through the building. And... He got really excited, felt the heat of the moment, decided to pop a wheelie, and yeah, he ended up just completely tipping backwards and trying to keep control of it, (laughs) and he ended up turning right because he was going to go through a giant stained glass window, (laughs) knocked out the entire, almost took out two volunteers, uh, knocked out the entire table of the band's CDs, and then ran the motorcycle into the wall. Oh, and he uh, tore his <laughs> ACL. <laughs> so many good memories. So many good memories. Never he a good camp ACL. experience. He tore, yeah, he tore his ACL. He was, uh, let's just say we had the uh, associate youth, youth pastor took over for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. perfect. I'm oh, sure he was well prepared. Um, I, oh gosh, I have so many memories. 
Um, we had a life flight my last camp before oh. I came on staff here. Oh. That was fun. It was it. Oh, yeah. Wow. It wasn't a bad thing. It was like this overzealous uh, ambulance guy who said we just have to call life flight because the kid. Anyway, it was super <laughs> memorable. That was fun. Um, yeah, I think it was that same wow. camp I ran through. I was on stage as a redneck ninja, and my co-host, uh, as I came through the curtain, clearing the stage, was falling down the stairs back to me. Oh, <laughs> no. And landed, and I just remember him looking up over his cowboy boots and just giving me the thumbs up, like, keep going. You keep <laughs> I mean, but he the hit, show must go on. Oh, he hit hard. But, um, yeah, the, probably the biggest one was when we broke through the floor uh, into the basement when we were dancing as a Oh, group. wow. That, dancing at camp well i mean the kids were jumping so every yeah. time the worship leader just get the kids yeah, to jump yeah. together i'm like please you know yeah. it's all good oh, stuff that's amazing well that those are great experiences but i think that kind of leads into the tension a little bit which is usually something crazy happens and something that we're not expecting and maybe ends up costing more money than we expect and so is it worth it is it worth to continue to have these experiences and put on these camps when so much can go wrong and does go wrong and yeah. Well, I just think, you know, the, if something's going to go wrong, it's going to be at camp, right? And sometimes sure, we yeah. think, yeah, let's just go ahead and skip it. Or just the end of camp. I'm always so dang tired. I'm just yeah. exhausted. I'm wondering, you know, the same things. I don't know about you guys. but I mean, that's what I, I wondered when we were having camps was the students would come back and maybe it had a significant impact on them. Maybe it didn't. They had a great time. Right. The leaders quit and we would right. lose half of our leaders after camp because camp was just so hard on our volunteers and recruiting people saying, oh, by the way, part of the deal is this weekend or this four four day overnight or five day overnight that was the moment when volunteers would be like oh yeah. i think i'm gonna go be on the greeter team instead right like exactly. take time off of your job use your vacation to go service on camp and at That's my last church ass. you pay to go which was wow. incredible yeah. yeah that's pretty wow. common yeah 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 i would say from a staff perspective being someone who works at the camp it once it's over, it, there's such a huge relief. But at the same time, I just want to crawl into a hole and not <laughs> see a person for a month. Right. Yeah. So said every small group leader ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and on the front end too, the planning of camp, the logistics, everything. Mm -hmm. It's not like Sundays quit coming for a, a couple of right, months so that's you can true. get ready. And it's just so much. And a lot of times you got to come back and do Sunday night or do Sunday right. morning, yeah. something like that. And on top of all that, and not to just keep hating on camp, but the chunk of the budget required to go to some of the bigger camps is, mm. it's a huge chunk. Those things aren't cheap. And, you know, maybe it was great. Maybe it wasn't. We didn't always have control over what the speakers were saying. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there was some undoing as part That's of that. Point. Yeah. And then the kids come home and there are not lights and there's not as good a band if there's a band at all. And there's not as good of a speaker. So church kind of seems lame. Mm -hmm. When they get home and you think, man, was paying all that money the best decision for us? And then a couple of years, we, we decided that because of all the money, maybe we should just do our own camp, mm -hmm. which was great fun and way cheaper. But the human cost on our volunteers right. of doing our own camp was really tough. And, and it's just tough to know sometimes, is this, is this something we do because everybody does it and because this is what you do for students? Right. Or is this something that's really beneficial? Right. It's a good question. But at the same time, I think all of us would look back on our own lives. I look back on my own life and say, what were the turning points? Mm -hmm. 
camp, mm-hmm. weekend retreats. That's true in the lives of a lot of my students and a lot of our leaders. So I almost have to like put those two things in a scale, the amount of money and effort that it costs versus the potential life change. That's hard to figure out. And if you're at a bigger church, it seems like if you're the youth leader, you don't necessarily know that it's a turning point for these individuals. A small group leader might know, but mm-hmm. you're still dealing with the logistical side of things that you're like, is it worth it? I'm not hearing these stories of people who are coming back. So it can feel like you're disconnected in that way. For sure. Bit. So would you say there are any other tensions that you guys feel when it comes to whether you should have a student camp or not? Yeah, I think uh, liability is a yes. huge, huge one. Um, basically, you say, okay, let's find a room and let's find a bunch of irresponsible people that's mm-hmm. you know middle schoolers, high schoolers, and just adults trying to have fun. And yeah. Really, yeah, I mean, it's huge liability. Underdeveloped frontal lobes. <laughs> And a yeah. lot of times here in the South, we say, let's throw an ocean in the mix and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you have the peanut allergies and the gluten intolerances and you're trying to... And the to... snow skiing injuries. Oh, skiing. Yeah. That's a bad one. That's good. Ski yeah, that's trips. good. Oh, ski trips. That's a whole episode. That's a whole, whole episode. Separate I totally forgot <laughs> about ski trips. They, they, you go to a ski trip and you still have the access to a ski ramp. Right. Like, they have terrain parks and all these things. Like that's such a terrible idea. <laughs> we people, can't play people, Chubby Bunny anymore, but we can oh. go on ski trips. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, if you give me something that moves quickly under my feet and a ramp, I'm going to try a backflip. That's just how it works. <laughs> you were the kid we all worried yeah, about. That's camp. right. Yes. Maybe one of the other things that I think always gave me pause about camp is, of course, life change is the best part, right? But we all talk to our students about the mountaintop experience mm-hmm. versus what comes after. And we all know there's a lull that the experience changes. And how long does that last for most kids? For some, it's lifelong change. Right. But for a lot, it isn't. And mm-hmm. I, I have a good friend who is a collegiate minister who told me that the time in the year where she blocks off the most amount of time for counseling is right after one of the large collegiate conferences in our country, because that's the time when most of her students experience depression, anxiety, and question their relationship with God wow. is right after wow. the college version of camp. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying we're doing more harm than good by having camp. Obviously I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what you do, Josh, with high school camp and, and what we do at our church with our students. But it does make me wonder sometimes, right. how do we make this a more effective experience? Well, you almost have to be counseling in a way, your students, the, to separate the real change from the emotional kind of letdown that mm-hmm. comes after that kind of an experience. Yeah, and I think it's a good distinguish. I mean, you can distinguish between a great camp and just a fun camp. I mean, if someone's no, just trying to create yeah. a great experience that's tough to do what the 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 great camps have great content attached to a great experience Mm -hmm. and that's the contents what you remember because of the experience i mean all the truths you know you can say where you were and who you were with like the big you Mm -hmm. know that's the thing like in our old church we did baptism videos and it's at boot camp wow at frequency at Walking Wisely weekend, mm-hmm. I made the decision to follow Jesus, or I decided to get baptized, or I was talking to my small group leader, and you know, yeah. And every picture they show on that baptism video is at camp as a group, something like that. So, and those get me every time, despite yeah. all of yeah. the yeah, yeah. challenges. When a kid talks about their story, yeah. it gets me every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think That's that good. it's one of the things that we don't think about enough, but is one of the 
huge pieces of camp is that there is such a huge responsibility to be taken with that experience and what can happen in the life of a student during that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And then to say, okay, we created an environment where this happened. What's next? Mm -hmm. You know, that that's, I feel like we fall short there a lot. Yeah. That it's, we see camp, the end of camp is kind of like the end of my responsibility. It's done as opposed to kind of coaching them through what re-entry into the real world is going to look like afterwards. Well, Josh, that's one of the places where I think, um, high school camp, which is the the camp that you work for and the camp that's connected to the company where all of us work, that's where I, I think it began to change my perspective a little bit on camp. And that's because you chose to do some things that were really different. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that uh, is at the core of, of our thinking and our I guess philosophy is that camp really is there to connect this, you know, the student with an adult who is going to walk with them for a season of time. Mm -hmm. And if we're not leveraging that, then those questions that you were talking about, um, they, they linger and cause you to, uh, cause a lot of self doubt. And when you have someone who can walk through that with you, Mm -hmm. it completely changes the experience. Right. Cause it seems Typically, the camp, the point is the event, is to make it a fun event. But once you've elevated the role of the relationship, then you've got things that are on equal planes, and yep. you can have an easier time helping these students go back into the real world. What, what are some of the things that you guys intentionally talked about when you started planning high school camp? What did, how did that look? How did that play out in your scheduling, in your programming, You know, elevating the relationship with a small group leader? We've made the bullseye. We're going to make the small group leader the hero right. of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not easy. You have, to, you have to compromise in some ways within the experience in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And like Chef was saying earlier, the, the experience is what draws people. You have, you have the lights. You have the band. You have the fun games, mm-hmm. the crazy stuff that happens that make these memorable moments. And that, there is an expectation for that. Right. There's still that expectation. You have to meet that expectation. But... It's how you take those elements and then wrap them in a framework that connects right back to that Mm -hmm. small group leader and that hero. So everything that we did, every time we would sit down and we would meet, the first thing we would think is, how does this communicate to small group? Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, too, with our content, when we're working on content for the summer, we say, okay, what what are the small group questions that are going to happen? And then working back from that small group question we frame the talk. Right. Because it's, it's what, are, you know, what are the things that we want happening within the group for you know, those students and the small group leader to all be wrestling with together and talking mm-hmm. through? Like what, what is that? And then let's connect everything back to that. Well, and you make a great point because you're, you've got these students for several days. You really can talk about things that don't need to be wrapped up in 30 minutes yeah. small group time on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. You can talk about yeah. these bigger issues and you're going to be able to really process that over several days and it allows you to have more time. There was, really um, dig in. Hey, can I stop on the, yep. the making the small group? One of the things you do, and then I want to get back to this point because this is really good stuff and one of the unique things that Sundays can't do, right? But one of the things you do, and I th- nobody ever thinks how hard this is, but you do such a great job with it, is you use multiple communicators, and then you bring in great communicators who have you know, their own talks. And one of the things that you do is you get them to land in these, these mm-hmm. places to set small group leaders up 
for success. But the multiple communicators and, you know, personalities moving out on stage make the only consistent personality a kid's going to attach to at camp the small group leader. That's a great point. And yep. so to think strategically like that, I know we always used to do that at boot camp is we always had a different communicator every Mm-hmm. session because we wanted the small group leader to be the consistent thing. And Josh does that so great with, you know, great communicators. It was pretty easy with us as a staff. Cause we were all like, Oh really? You want me to do the talk? But <laughs> you know, with Josh, who's, yeah. you know, working with professionals, I just think every time I see it, I think, dang, that, that is so much more work than anybody yeah. really even realizes. And well, even to, to piggyback <laughs> off of that, we, we held so tightly to that philosophy of, of elevating the small group leader that, we wanted to make sure that the communicators, while they are unreal professional communicators, that they also held that as you know a high value. Right. And that so, they're not the hero, the, they, the star of the show. Yeah. yeah. We and and that again, it makes it hard. It makes it so much harder to market and to to sell people on the idea of the camp experience you're putting on when you don't have that flashy big name showing yeah. up. Right. But the people that we have showing up are people who. 100% believe that the best way that this camp experience can change the life of a student is for them to communicate in a way that reinforces the role of the yeah. small group leader. One of our worst camps, we brought in a big flashy communicator and <laughs> he just would not switch his, yeah. you know, approach. Mm. And our approach is not a full message. Our approach is you set up attention, handle the biblical truth really well yeah. and set the small group leader up for a great conversation. And so he just did not and would not do it. And we just, I mean, we were like, we're just going to save the money in the future. Yeah. You know? Bye. Yeah. To the, to the point of the tension, one of the, one of the things I've seen done at a camp that was one of the most riskiest, but one of the most incredible things done was, um, one night the communicator was doing, uh, he was doing a sex talk mm-hmm. and he decided to give the talk on why it was okay like give every reason of why it was okay to have sex before marriage. Okay. And it ended. That talk ended. Yeah. And with and again, without the camp experience, you can't do that because right. then you have right. tons of yeah. questions. I so. have questions about right. where yeah. the story's going. Yeah, stuff's happening. <laughs> but and and it was miserable for the small group leaders yeah. because not a single small group leader at the moment. At the moment, yes. Right. At the moment, no, no one got any sleep that night. Right. All the small group leaders slept right in front of their door. They had doors <laughs> locked. They were, but, and the next morning in the next session, they, they wrapped everything back up and, and gave a great talk on, you know, the, the importance of having, you know, a, yeah. a healthy idea of sex and all that. But it was the tension that they built that they could let sit uh-huh. that allowed all of these students to sit and go, okay, well, why do, why do I think what I think right. and yeah. why do they tell me and which is exactly what's going to happen when they're not in your youth ministry anymore. Yeah. But you don't have time to do that on Sunday you and you don't know if the kids were there, you know, the week before that's who right. come back. So, you know, everybody's coming back. Yeah. And that's why when I'm watching a camp, you know, fun camps are, you know, five or six different topics in those different times. Great camps are these big ideas that, that, you know, kind of the spine of the talks that are bringing kids to the point where they're really wrestling with some things. Mm -hmm. They've got time to wrestle with those things. They've got um, relationships and wisdom around them to help Mm -hmm. them wrestle with those things. And if your camp isn't really tackling something that students wrestle with, uh, it might not be worth 
all so the what are some of the things else. that you've seen or the topics that you've addressed? Cause you've came, come from a middle school background and Josh, you've done the high school camp. So what are mm-hmm. the things that you guys have kind of spent those weekend camps or week long camps talking about the bigger topics? Well, I'll go middle school first. I th- and we always utilize the sixth grade camp really to talk about community and the mm-hmm. importance of it and how to really leverage this ministry for the next three years. So we mm-hmm. would, again, it was a catalyst for the relationship. Um, there was always a talk Sunday night where we presented the gospel clearly mm-hmm. um, to the kids. And then they would go into an activity where they would have all night to talk. We put a candle in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And it was just a kind of an experience project, similar to the XP type things we do in our curriculum. And we just asked the kids to get as close to the candle as they felt to God. Well, what happened in that is that was really the first time they communicated to someone else their relationship yeah, and how mm-hmm. close it was. It was, I mean, somewhat tricking them, somewhat not, but it gave the small group leader insight. We prepped the small group leaders yeah. to really start to dig in that one brave kid that sits across the room from the candle. Right. It all begins this great conversation and kids experience, you know, community. Yeah. The other things with the older kids is we would talk about guilt. We would talk about, um, really these ideas of, you know, the apostle Paul, why do I continue to do the things that I hate? And, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not the things I know I should do and really what that looks like and give them plenty of time, uh, to sort through it. And we talk about shame mm-hmm. because so much, you know, I, I just believe at this age that their mind's working in a new way mm-hmm. and they, they're having thoughts that scare them, mm-hmm. which is the first time in their life they're developmentally able to do that. Mm-hmm. And they've asked their parents a couple of questions and like most parents, their parents haven't reacted well because my baby's yep. losing their faith or, you know, freaking out. and yeah. so where do they go? But this is why we have to have these moments where not only we have great adults around them, but we, you know, take the time to really think about the strategy of moving a kid to the place where they would have the guts to say something out loud, prepare another adult really to respond well Mm -hmm. and begin that journey of this is what community looks like. This is what grace looks like. Whether you just have a really hard question, whether you wonder if you believe, whether Mm -hmm. you've got a bad habit or some sort of sin issue that needs to be brought out into the light. Those yeah. are the things we would go after. I love, you said that a couple of times, the importance of prepping the small group leaders ahead of time, because if right. you're having a relationship based camp, then you want them to go in as prepared as possible. Right. And when they feel prepped, then they're going to do a better job at creating a safe space for students to be able to right. talk about those doubts right. and those. And shame. most of the time the prep is don't feel like you need to have an answer. Thank them for being yeah. brave, celebrate them for being brave. And then kind of go from there. We've got, you know, sometimes we prep them with answers. The other times we're like, it's always okay to say, you know what, let's talk about this later. Yeah. Not even as so much with answers even, but just giving, giving them an idea of what's coming next mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and what to be prepared for. Uh, they're, they're definitely not a group of people that you want to surprise with what's right. happening at camp. <laughs> so it, it's, and something that is hugely powerful, um, and it is so simple to do is even letting them know when the gospel presentation is going to happen right. in the camp. Such a big deal. And how, how, how it's going to happen. Like, are, are we going to raise hands? Are we going to stand or, you know, all of that and giving them uh, the ability then to prepare themselves and get right. ready to walk through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even a really practical way to do that is for us, we take, uh, we do a leader meeting at the very beginning of the week. And right after registration opens, it is the first thing that we do. And we ask all of the leaders to come into the room and uh, 
we just talk to them about the week and what, what the content for the week is going to look like, where we're going. Uh, we try to whittle the week down to you know, a couple of things that we want every single student to walk away with. And that's the space where we communicate that to them. Um, and then it's also where we communicate about the, the night that we're going to give the gospel presentation and how that will happen. Um, and we put in their hands also how, uh, a guide that it's actually a really great guide that Orange has put together for how to have the conversation with a student. That way they feel prepared in, in a way that they can walk through this confidently and be the, you know, the small group leader role. Exactly, it's exactly what they're there for, to help right. navigate through questions. And if we can answer them for them, yes. Right. Right. I think the, one of the, my favorite things that we would do at my old church is it was my favorite scene every year is at our disciple now weekend, we called it walking wisely in this moment, we'd have all the leaders stand while the kids were on the floor. And just as a communicator, it was hard. I mean, to, to keep it together, to see all these adults yeah. standing mm-hmm. over their kids. And then we would say, if you just, you know, if you've just prayed that prayer, or, you know, it's really important to talk about this in your production meetings and that everybody understands how this is going to go down. But we say, you know, I want you to look up and make eye contact with your leader until they give you a nod that they've seen them. And so every kid we know is going to have a conversation. The kid expects it. The leader expects it. That's awesome. And we've prepped them for it. And I'm telling you what, it's a powerful moment. And... You know, it's not just a moment. That's kind yeah. of the point yeah. of that. This is the beginning of an ongoing conversation. Yeah, I want to I want to go back to something Josh mentioned because it was so helpful for me as a small group leader is this salvation conversation guide. Yeah. If particularly if you're a new leader, knowing how to lead a kid to Christ, it's such an important conversation. You don't want to get that wrong. And our church uh, gave us sort of a guide to walk through. And last year camp was was a big moment for the girls in my small group. In fact, they gave us a heads up in a production meeting that kids who had made a decision were going to be asked to walk out the back doors. There were two back doors in the room, which meant that my co-leader and I, had we would separate and each catch a door <laughs> to catch our kids going out the door, which was a beautiful moment. My co-leader, this was her first time ever doing that. Right. And I wasn't with her because I was at another door. Mm. And so she said, well, what what do I say? What do I do? And I said, I have this thing, I have yeah. this guide. Yeah. And so I want to make sure um, if it's all okay with all of you that we give that away to our listeners as part of yeah. this yeah. conversation. Awesome. I think that could be helpful for every small group leader. We'll put that in the show notes, Crystal. I love that idea. Something else, just to switch gears a little bit, that that Josh, I noticed happens at high school camp that I've never seen happen at any other camp, and that's leader training. And the leaders, you know, especially in the early years of me going as a small group leader to camp, I was most likely to quit the day after camp. <laughs> that's what was going to happen. And, yeah. and a lot of our leaders did. And our small group leaders at high school camp leave ready to recruit other leaders. And I think a lot of that has to do with some things that you've put in place. Could you talk a little bit about what those are? Yeah, it's, again, it, I think for so long, we've put so much focus on the show. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to put a bunch of people in a room and we're going to entertain, and mm-hmm. we're going to have a good time, and that's awesome. And that is, like, even even for us just to say, okay, we want to create a cool space where then we can uh, connect students with a leader, that's great, but we're still, we're still selling the experience short at that point mm-hmm. because we're, sti- we're, we're only focusing on half the room. Mm-hmm. And while it is the majority of the room, the students, and the majority of the focus of the camp experience – you're leaving the leaders out and yeah. they're still not, you know, you're not elevating them as the hero. So 
we just tried to think through what are what are ways that we can make this a huge win for them because you know like we said earlier they are a lot of these people are taking time off from work they're taking vacation hours they in some circumstances have to pay for it themselves how can we make this worth it for them and that's when we created leader training so it is honestly it is the it is a terrible headache to try to figure out how to do and we we go we wrestle with it every year honestly we really wrestle is this is this worth it is this worth it and we keep coming back to yes because yeah. it, it carves out a chunk of time that would be better used for something else you could argue it it gets difficult to try and schedule out your day but we take an hour every day and um, usually it's the founder of orange reggie joiner for us who stands up at the front and just pours into these mm-hmm. leaders every single year uh, and once a day in the morning. And it is, it's been a huge win for us. And I think it prepares them again for the conversations. It re-energizes them. It gets them really excited about what they're engaging in. Um, and for us, it gives us immediate feedback on mm-hmm. what's happening. And we, we like to use that as a little bit of a lab. And because I mean, it, at the end of the day, we're not experts. Right. I mean, they're, they're the people who have their boots on the ground week in and week out, experiencing life with these students. So we try to lean into them as much as we possibly can to glean any information we mm-hmm. can. So it's, it's great to start conversations with them. And we learn, I feel like we learn way more than we could ever possibly try to yeah. impart on well, them. Well, it seems like it's reciprocal because they're in the trenches. And so you guys have the opportunity to really vision cast to them that yep. they're, you know, it's easy to lose sight of the forest for the trees because they're in it all the time. So for you guys to be able to cast that big picture vision, but then also for them to be able to tell you what's working and what's not, that's really helpful. It gives them a sense of ownership too. Yeah. You let them, it's not, again, we're, we're not doing this camp in any stretch to make any of our names big at right. all. Like we, none of us have uh, any intention of that, but if we can just give them more ownership into the camp and let them know that they play such a huge role, not only in the lives of students, but in the life of the camp, it, it, it pays off huge. You know, um, a couple years back I did a, um, I used to call them simulations with my team. And it was just different ways to figure out what's most important to our teams or what do they think works. And, I, and it was this just simulation in where I just said, okay, let's pretend there's some sort of major national event. It becomes a financial crisis. Think, you know, these deals. Here's what we know. Our budget's going to get cut in half and double the amount of people are coming this Sunday, mm-hmm. you know. What are, how are we going to reset our budget? So I handed out all of our budgets and we sat and we worked. And one of the things that kept coming up is what about camp? And I mean, I almost got punched. It was like, no, <laughs> like there is no way we're going to cut camp. And to be honest, when it comes to the budget, it is super expensive, but we, it wasn't a part of my budget. Like mm-hmm. we collected money. And in fact, we always made sure to collect enough money to make sure our small group leaders could come with us because they're giving us that time as it is. And we passed that cost on to the student. We then passed t-shirt costs on so that we could, it was a great way to leverage getting t-shirts and, Mm. you know, get to our kids so that our ministry's out there in the school. I mean, there's so many opportunities because there is a way basically to collect income as your, you know, kids are paying for camp and you're thinking about all the costs, not just what it costs yeah. at the camp. So I think it's a really big deal. But I think one of the reasons, you know, we used to talk about the Catalyst of Faith and um, five Catalysts of Faith, and three of them are really hit 
at camp. I mean, it's practical teaching. They're going to hear some of the greatest teaching they've ever heard. Providential relationships. They're spending quality and quantity time with these small group leaders who put them in. But really, pivotal circumstances. Nobody thinks about this, but this is why I think camp is so powerful, is for a middle schooler, for a high schooler, for many of them, this is the first time they've ever been away from home. This is the first time they're experiencing yeah. this freedom. This is something they've been looking to forever. These are pivotal circumstances, good ones. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, these are huge memories they're never going to forget and catalysts of faith at the end of the day. Yeah. So does anybody have any final thoughts when it comes to camp, the camp experience? Well, there was just one more thing that came to mind um, that I loved when I was spending some time at high school camp, and that's that you involved a group of people that are often forgotten, which is the parents, um, which some of them are on vacation that week enjoying the fact that they have no children. But (laughs) I think the majority are wondering what's happening and how it's happening. And so high school camp did a live stream so parents could watch a service, which I I thought was super cool. Um, But there was also this this camp conversation guide that parents got before they, like when they dropped off their kid to go to camp, they got a conversation guide for how to talk to their kid when they got back at a time when, you know, the kid comes home and they smell like Doritos and they haven't slept in four days and they haven't had a shower. And you say, what happened at camp? Nothing. Right. How was it? Great. Well, why was it great? Don't know what to say I don't know. The kids don't know how to process it out loud. Exactly. Yeah. So they just gave some real. So I just wanted to include that in the show notes as well. That's great. Awesome. Just a guide for parents. That's awesome. That's Crystal's awesome. Just dropping all kinds of stuff. She got all goodies. the free stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my final thought really is, you know, goes back to your question: Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. I I don't. I mean, if you're serious about helping a kid develop a faith of their own you know, through the student years, I don't think you can afford not to have some sort mm-hmm. of camp experience. And so, Josh, I'm sitting here thinking there's there's two types of people out there who are wondering the next question I'm about to ask you, the type of person who has no plans for camp this summer, and we might have just convinced them that they should have some plans for <laughs> camp this summer. Uh, and then there's the person who is planning on running their own camp, but maybe could, you know, come and check out how we run camp to maybe, you know, one, it takes something off their plate Two, it gives them a great experience that they can maybe take home and and learn from that. Um, tell us about the camp we have this summer and are there spaces available? Yeah, we, we always make room to the point where we, uh, moved all of our, we moved all of our staff off site and they are all actually dry every morning. They get up crazy early in the morning and they drive in to camp so that we can make more room. That's crazy. Um, I'm sure they appreciated that. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't mind it. Yeah, for the reason. Yeah, that's awesome. There were there were a few cabins that had pool tables and jacuzzis and fun things like that. So it worked out. It it, it worked out. It definitely worked out. But I think, as a youth leader, you need to be leveraging these catalysts of faith. Mm -hmm. And all we want to do is come aside, come beside you, and elevate you to your to your group of students. um, Help your volunteers. To your volunteers, help you win. Uh, we know how difficult it is to be thinking about the fact that Sunday is coming every yeah. single week. And if we can take some of that off your plate and we can help create an environment where your students are going to be safe, they're going to have uh, a lot of fun, there's going to be crazy stuff that happens, and it provides you a chance to pour into your leaders and a chance for your your leaders to show up in the lives of these kids I mean, that, that's what it's about, right? You know, the, one of the really cool things is, that happens, I think, is in that leader training. You know, these student pastors are sitting there with their 
small group leaders mm-hmm. and it really feels like this is your team. Not that they yeah. come and volunteer for a ministry, but that you're the leader of this group and you're sitting there with them learning and trying to figure out how you as a group are going to do ministry better. Yeah. And it's such a cool culture change. You know, that's a great point. One of my favorite things over the years of high school camp to watch has been the churches that would show up and say, do I have to meet the 10 to 1 ratio with my chaperones? And they would always say chaperones the yeah. first year. Mm-hmm. And then the next year they would say my small group leaders. Yeah. Because those chaperones stayed in the life of the kids for a year. they fell in love with the kids, yeah. yeah. Which... By the way, like if I mean if you're thinking about starting a small groups ministry, there that might not no be a bad way to do it. Yeah, than yeah. To start, start with a camp. camp. I'm yeah. telling you, are absolutely right. That is brilliant. That's good. I have really loved this conversation because the truth is, camp takes a lot of work, um, but we can't afford not to do it. So thanks for joining us this afternoon, you guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to make this podcast better. And finally, if you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, check out our show notes, visit our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah. I'm Chef. I'm Crystal. I'm Josh. And thanks for listening.